1: Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, an extension could be in the works for Juju. Kelsey kills it on Saturday night, and Derek Carr headed to the big easy. Now, two guys trying to become the greatest, er, second greatest Kansas City power couple Cody Tap and Alex Gold. Power couple.
0: Power couple.
1: Only second? Are you unfamiliar with the concept? Uh, I'm just.
2: I'm trying to figure out who the, the number one power oh, couple
1: is. Oh, well, there's. sounds like there's one in the works. In the works? Yeah.
2: I th- I mean, there could uh, be my a Because pa- a lot of a power times power couple.
1: couples are business relationships, you know? It's okay. not always about love.
2: Oh. Well, that mm. certainly would be what you're referencing for our show, would be a power couple in the, in the
1: business sense. You don't love me? Love-hate relationship, man. It's, not that, it's, not, it's not that kind of love. Oh, okay. Like, you guys wouldn't make out right now.
3: No, no, we wouldn't.
1: But that's not what love's all about, Nick. There's other parts of love. Well, intimacy, I think, is a big part of it. Uh, Have you ever known a love without intimacy, Cody? Yes.
3: How's that working? Yeah, like, with who? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you want more details? Yeah. This is how we're going to start the show?
1: Tell me more. Who's the other power couple, Nick? Who would that be, man? I actually don't know the name of one of the per- people off the top of my head, so I don't want to okay. I don't want to go there yet. Okay.
3: But you'll keep us
1: Yes. up to date? Yes. Okay. Absolutely.
3: So currently, if they're not yet a power couple, then we could be the We could be the power couple.
1: Yeah, but everything needs to be consensual, guys. I just want to just lay some ground rules here from the get-go. Okay. Cody, I don't want you standing up walking around the table and trying to shove your tongue down Alex's throat. All right, relax.
2: Good (laughs) God, man. There's legal consequences
1: to doing that. Yep. Yep.
3: Okay. Alex
2: is a very
1: litigious person. Very litigious. It's well known about him. Yeah, it's a fun word, litigious. Don't you think? I haven't really thought about it actually.
3: I actually do. I do think it's kind
2: of a yeah, fun word. Litigious. And now like... you're
1: thinking about it, Gold. No, it's not something I've really thought about. Well, think. I'm. I'm... We got plenty of time. We got four hours to think about it, man. About three fifty-six and change. We did have four hours. We did at one point.
2: so oh, taken the... away.
1: Oh, how the time flies!
2: <laughs> Hope everybody had a <laughs> uh, fantastic weekend. We certainly will get you caught up on what happened at a little party we were at on Saturday night involving all three of us, actually, and, uh, and multiple co-workers, as a matter of fact, on Saturday night in Kansas City, close to Cody's neck of the woods, I would say. We ventured in that, in that area. Uh, we were at a little party, and certain things happened. Certain things happened. That's a little bit later on in the show you're going to have to wait for. Um, but the, the longer...
3: There's things to discuss. <laughs>
2: Saturday night also was Saturday Night Live, Travis Kelsey hosting SNL, and I thought he absolutely nailed it with the material he was given. That's how I would put it. We talked about SNL. It's, to me, it's not what it was 20 years ago, and you guys disagree with that, and that's fine. I still stand I think by that that's comment. what every person says. for a reason. Um, but I thought Kelsey killed it. He crushed it. Confident with every single line. His monologue to me was fantastic. I, my quick thought is I have no idea why the Creed Humphrey – Role got cut out of the live show. The video's been out there, even though it didn't make it to the live airing of Creed Humphrey and Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey part of an NFL, a spoof NFL commercial talking about basically being there, giving for, back, g- yeah, g- giving back, lifting when needed. It was hilarious.
3: Yeah, Why it's disappointing that, that that missed. I don't know because like sometimes you just don't realize what's going to take more time than not,
2: right? And that should replace the American Girl doll opening skit. Why didn't you like that one? I just didn't think it was that funny. Because that's... A and I r- thought... I legit I legit laughed out loud during the uh, the, the, the give back Creed Humphrey one. Especially the Because Creed ending, Humphrey is saying... And he's like... I love charity. I love charity. It's <laughs> just placing her back on the desk, or on the counter. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's terrific.
3: Honestly, all things considered, I mean, it, how could you be disappointed in Travis Kelsey's performance there? It was... Oh, he, he was... He Look, was not the problem. The at athletes, all. the athletes, they don't like. They put in less sketches, or they put in less prominent roles. He was like the featured actor in all of them. The entire episode, they were clearly using him to the fullest extent. I thought it went just about perfectly. And of all the Chiefs players who could have come to Saturday Night Live with him, right? right there was no Andy cameo. Patrick didn't show up. His brother Jason was heavily involved. Oh yeah. And did a great job, I thought, in his opening monologue of making the appropriate faces and doing all the silliness that kind of leads into it. And then Creed Humphrey could have been any other Chiefs player who showed up. But someone obviously had a skit idea that involved, like, one other offensive lineman. They're like, how about, you know, like, one bigger guy who can just, like, lift people up for the purposes of television. And they're like, what about our guy, Creed Humphrey? Obviously, based on the way the role was set up. An offensive lineman was the logical fit. Like one of the bigger teammates was a logical fit. Could have been anybody, and they chose our guy Creed. I thought, uh, I think that the Creed one, even though it didn't make air, was one of the better ones. I like the American Girl one fine. I don't know why everybody was.
2: Yeah, it was. here. like, so, it, you know, it's. I, I think, again, what Travis Kelsey was asked to do, he did his part. Like, he, he did his part. He was fantastic. He's a future star, as we know, off the field. He, he's going to have plenty of opportunities, and I think that only increased with what he was able to do. His monologue to me was, was great. This is probably the line of the entire monologue right here.
3: Uh, I actually got kicked off the team because I tested positive for marijuana. So it just goes to show you, if you smoke weed and you're bad at school, you can win the Super Bowl twice. Yeah. Yeah. The best line of the entire, probably the entire night from him. He also and, did a Mahomes impersonation, which is good. He did,
2: he, he did, and he also,
3: of course, nailed that. I was nervous about doing a monologue, but then I remembered, um, actually, I'm pretty good with words pretty good with words. Like, during uh, games, I do these super eloquent pump-up speeches for my teammates. Please watch. More, <laughs> more, 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 more,
1: more, 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 more.
3: And sometimes I even do it in my Pat Mahomes voice. Oh, uh, more, yeah. more, more, more. <laughs> do it, Cal, do it. <laughs> Love you, Pat.
2: Spot on, spot on impression. That was very good.
3: I just like when you look at the overall performance. This feels like an invite back situation, right?
2: Um, I don't. How many people get invited? So future star can have other opportunities. How many athletes get invited back on SNL?
3: Could Not we- many. Yeah, not many. He's not
2: going to be invited back. It's you know, not, He's ever got a chance to do this again. It has nothing to do with this, but he could have had the greatest SNL performance in the show's history. They don't invite people back that are usually quarter athletes in the NFLs. There's only been six that have hosted period. So no, I don't think it's an invite back, but he has all kinds of opportunities when he's done playing, hosting award shows, being in movies, television cameos, whatever it may be.
3: Yeah. That's my only concern is he's so good at this. My whole, he'll be good for four years. He could just, he could just retire. He can just make a bunch of money doing this. You think he's going to retire in two years because he says I can do movies? He can make millions of dollars not on an NFL yeah, football can. field. You don't think anybody's ever made that decision? Uh, he, he can in five
2: years. He can in two years. He can in 15 years. Like, Well, he's going to quit this offseason. The, op- the opportunities aren't going away in the next two years that he has to go and, and do it now.
3: No, but I just I worry. I worry, don't worry. that instead don't of worry, man. three years, it's stop you know. worrying. It's going to be fine. Felt good. Felt good to have a chief. Like It just, it speaks to the entire existence of how different this organization and being a Chiefs fan is from just like a decade ago. They are so popular. They have the best quarterback in the NFL. They have a different player on their team who is hosting Saturday Night Live and killing it. Hell, they're even getting centers on their offensive line bit parts in the thing. Like it's everything is so different for this franchise obviously than where it was not to mention like the two Super Bowls and four years and all this stuff. It just speaks like Travis Kelsey hosting SNL speaks to where the franchise is from where it was a decade ago. It's a very good time to be a Chiefs fan. It turns out we'll talk
2: more about SNL from Saturday night coming up later on in the show, but there was some news that came out before we got on the air today involving former AFC West quarterback, former Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr, multiple reports now say he has, Landed with the new Orleans saints. He'll make that deal official over the next couple of weeks when the league year starts up. But again, he's a, he's a free agent. he doesn't have to wait like everybody else truly for that. Adam Schefter saying it's a four year deal with the new Orleans saints, uh, not the jets. We can talk about what it means for New York, but I think this is a great landing spot for Derek Carr, man. I really do. I mean, you, you take a look at the division first and foremost, that has to factor Trash. in. If you're Derek Carr, can I go to a division where I can win some games? Can I get to the postseason? The answer is absolutely. Yes. With that roster and other quarterbacks currently that sit in that division, Tom Brady's gone, so the Bucs don't have a quarterback. Reports this weekend where they were considering Geno, uh, excuse me, Drew Locke and Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Panthers are going to draft a quarterback, it looks like. The Falcons have Desmond Ritter. Their best hope Who is to Who they're starting to
3: convince people they like. But, right.
2: Maybe I mean, they'll trade for Lamar. Much? That would change the scenario in the division. But that's it. And Derek Carr, the cold weather stats get brought up. They get eight games in his home stadium in New Orleans. He gets to go to Atlanta, which is a dome. There's nine games. Goes to Tampa for a road game. There's ten of them. Got the Rams. Got the Rams in a dome is 11. You told me earlier. They play
3: Indy this year and the Vikings. There's two more domes, three more domes. He's
2: got like 13 or 14 games guaranteed in either domes or a warm weather city. Tampa's not going to be cold even if they play in January. So, like, the the, the, the setup is great, I think, for Derek Carr. Here's the problem.
3: It's not a bad fit for him. It's fine. I don't really understand why the Saints are doing it. I understand that they were going to be worse at quarterback if they? they didn't go with Derek Carr because... They were the oldest team in the NFL last year. What do you think? Signing Derek Carr solves that problem? You're way over the cap. You were the oldest team well, the in the NFL last year. The cap is fake.
2: Yet again, another example. The cap is fake. They can sign on to a four year deal, Cody, and they are what we all said was cap hell, and yet they're going and signing one of the I biggest know, names but, of free agency this but,
3: offseason. But if you're going to be the oldest team in the NFL with Dennis Allen as your head coach, a defensive minded guy, you're going to, like, it just doesn't feel like they're progressing towards anything. The only thing I wouldn't like about it if I'm Derek Carr is what the hell are we working towards? Are you actually convinced you're going to show up in New Orleans, be a major contender in the NFC, win a division? How many division titles does Eric Carr have when he was with the Raiders? Zero.
2: He's going to win a division. With well, the I saves. assume zero. I
3: don't remember him winning. He's he
2: going to win a division. With, <laughs> he's going to win a division. The Chiefs have won, the last won like seven. seven in a row. Uh, so the, like, probably he won, zero. He's going to he's going to win a division. That gets you a playoff spot. Gets you a home playoff game. We acknowledge, especially if Aaron Rodgers gets out of the NFC. Who are the who are the best? Who, what are the what are the quarterbacks in the NFC?
3: Uh, Kirk Cousins, and there's reports they might trade if
2: Rodgers is out. Seriously, who else is Kyler's he? gone
3: for half the year? Dak
2: Prescott, uh,
3: Trey Lance might be starting for the 49ers. Geno Smith, is Geno Smith, Matt Stafford? Are those the best Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott's Go- Jared answer, Goff in the Detroit Lions, like I mean, that's where they're at. So, that's
2: it. I mean, I think that's I mean, Derek
3: Carr what... could make an argument for having the second best season in the NFC next year. That's it why. wouldn't be a stretch, it
2: makes a lot of sense. And the Saints have the 29th overall pick. They weren't going to be able to move up and go get one of these young guys this year. They're going to be able to get in the top 10 at, from pick 29 without mortgaging every single pick in order to get there. So I, I get the thought process. I, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, Cody, but you're in the NFC. Can this, they win a playoff game with Derek Carr? The answer is absolutely
3: you know, yes. Look, it's fine. Derek Carr, it's fine. It's a fine choice for him. Again, if you're if I were a Saints fan if or if I worked for the Saints... This is so stupid. They're doing loser franchise stuff. And somehow they have a Super Bowl. So it's like, it's hard to say this, but chasing the 30 plus year old veteran quarterback is never the answer. That same staff from Schefter earlier says it all. They have not taken a first round quarterback since 1971.
2: Right, but that's not this current head coach's problem. I just told you they have the 29th overall pick. What, surely, though, like what? What did you? Th- what should they do this off season? Let's say we know they're going, Derek. What should they have done though? Honestly, Cody. You're right, they're in cap hell, so they're not, they're, this isn't a long-term rebuild thing. Look, for Dennis right Allen, he doesn't at. have
3: much of a choice. But if I were a long-term franchise look, I would just... Who do they have that are long-term I, I'd pieces? I'd let Jameis Winston start for another they year. They tried that. I understand, and I'd live my life, and I would try to go up but, in the draft the following year, or I'd find the guy who I think is good in the end of the first round, and I'd take my chance there. They just
2: did that, though. They had Andy Dalton starting plenty of games this year for them. So they had Andy Dalton, man, and Winston. Yeah, they're trying Winston. to stabilize.
3: They're trying to stabilize the way the chiefs stabilized. Look, if it turns into that and you're not just settling into Derek Carr being the answer for a long period of time, and you're going to go two years and you're like, Hey, you know what we're going to do over the next two years? We're going to try to win two division titles. We're going to try to make ourselves relevant. And then we're going to trade up to pick 10 or 11. And we're going to take our quarterback of the future sometime in the past. If you're really going that way, then fine. But it's just the, and, and by the way, the AFC West is now worse again because you can do worse at quarterback without question. You can do worse at quarterback than Derek Carr. I assume the Raiders are drafting a quarterback. Like, I, I don't know what their plan is outside of that. And if I'm the Jets, now I'm like, okay, well, so now I'm down to Rogers and Lamar Jackson. And I got to figure out which way I'm going here. And everybody in the draft wants a quarterback. I know we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. Like they all want quarterbacks. So what the hell do you do if you're the Jets? You have to get Aaron Rodgers, or you have to get Lamar Jackson, and I don't know that there's an easy solution to either. But those are really all that's remaining after this situation takes place. Oh, there's
2: no doubt with the Jets. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's Aaron Rodgers probably even more than Lamar, but Aaron Rodgers and Lamar sure or or bust at this point in time. You cannot come out empty-handed. You know, you don't, you don't have a high enough draft pick unless you're going to yeah, thirteen. At least you're in a position where you could get to five. Multiple picks going to take to do that. But you could get to five. Otherwise, you you better find a way to land Aaron Rodgers, who is still. You know, he's emerged from darkness, but he's still thinking everything out. And then Lamar Jackson, a decision has to be made somewhat soon on what they're going to do. We know they'll probably uh, put a certain tag on Lamar. Uh, and then at that point in time, there'll be a chance for more negotiation. But if I'm a Jets fan, I'm a little nervous because everybody kind of assumed that, oh, if you don't get Rodgers, you'll get Derek Carr. Everybody just assumed that that's where he was going to go. And, of course, that is not the case the Saints landing Derek Carr, and the updated odds to win the NFC South, by the way. The Saints are the favorite, plus 130. The Panthers, plus 250 bucks, four to one. Falcons, plus 425. So the Saints, the new favorites to win the NFC South. And right now, the Jets don't have a quarterback. And they're down to two guys or trading up and trying to go the rookie route, which their roster in New York, they got plenty of talent. Like, the roster in New York's way better than the Saints roster, not even close. Oh, yeah. And younger. But it's a tougher, you got the Bills who are not going away.
3: Miami's a Miami, tough team.
2: We'll see what they do at Tua, but we saw what they were like when they had a healthy Tua. Patriots are going to be at least five hundred. Pushover, yeah.
3: Like it's how will you remember the Derek Hart era in the AFC West? How are you? How do you think about that time? Probably
2: overly criticized uh, and sometimes unfairly, but a very middle of the road quarterback. You know, I think he was. People talked about him at times like he was a bottom five quarterback. He never was that. Um, he was in twelve to fifteen range. That's what he is, and he and he had one of the league's worst
3: defenses during that entire stretch.
2: And the last seven years, he's been dealing with Andy Reid, Alex Smith slash Patrick Mahomes, and then the Chargers drafted Herbert. He's never, you know, Derek Carr. Very other than his potential MVP season, what was that? Twenty sixteen. He was never the best quarterback in the division. Other than that, that year.
3: It's funny how you look at those years because that twenty sixteen year, he finished with twenty eight passing touchdowns, six picks, and almost four thousand yards. You're like, wow. And then just two years ago, he finished with 4,800 yards. But, you know, his touchdown interception ratio was no good then. You know what? I mean, it is the most, if his record were better, like if he had just finished 500 because he's got a below 500 record because they've done a lot of losing there in in Vegas and in Oakland because, again, they had statistically over the last like six years, their defense is ranked 26th or worst in all of those years. So it's like he hasn't been able to help himself, but he is the most perfect example. Kind of like how Alex Smith was here in Kansas City. The most normal, average, perfectly fine quarterback, which oftentimes in the NFL is like the worst place to be in the long term. Right. But if you're planning on it, like if we just talk about the Saints, if this is a two or three year plan, it is not the worst position to be in. If it is ever your 7 or 8 year plan, it's a terrible spot. Only one playoff game. Remember
2: he, he the year they looked that's like remarkable. they were going to go on the run, he got hurt. And they had to start their second third string quarterback, what McGloin, I think is who it was. Matt McGloin. I think that's yeah. right. And then of course last year, 2 years ago now, but a playoff ago, they lost in that that opening round game to the uh to the Cincinnati Bengals. So, he's never he's played in one playoff game, he's never
3: won one. Which is another reason why, like if I'm the Saints, this is like this is my solution. My solution is to go get the most average quarterback, who's now older, by the way. So hypothetically on the decline. So the older, average quarterback who's played in a single playoff game. I think this is going to make me relevant. Like I just would you have had the same take? I guess I'm
2: confused. It sounds like you would have been against anybody signing Derek Carr. Then I guess that's where I'm confused. If the Jets would have signed Derek Carr, would you have liked it?
3: Very different. Their rosters, like to me, the Saints are the oldest roster in the NFL. Like the Saints have to start over. They're way too far behind to be like, we're going to, like, muster. Because, like, this to me is like a last they, gasp of, like, semi-relevancy. The
2: Saints are probably going to make the playoffs. Uh, out of the four-year deal with Derek Carr, they're probably going to make the playoffs at least three of those years. I don't I, think th- so. I, I make that bet right now with you. That the Saints, over the, the four years of the contract, they will make the playoffs at least three of the years with Derek Carr. I that don't think so. The division is
3: trash. I know, but we had the same conversation about the Saints last year, and they didn't make the postseason. Like, that division sucked last year. Exactly, Cody. They got a bad head coach. That's even more proof. You're right. They're, that division sucked, and they still couldn't
2: make it. Because guess what? Their quarterback was Andy Dalton. Say what we will about Derek Carr. That is a massive upgrade from Andy Dalton at this point, what Andy Dalton is in his career. In his now, yeah. But I
3: mean, we are talking what, we're about talking like career, Andy Dalton is talking, a pretty much Derek Carr. We're
2: talking about now, though, yeah. man. That's an upgrade. I have no problem with the signing for the same. I get the logic behind it.
3: Like, if Tom Brady were
2: still the Bucs quarterback, I would pick the Bucs to win the division again. If we're only grading every free agent signing as, does it make you a Super Bowl contender? Then there's a lot of teams that Cody should not do anything all offseason and should just sit on their ass.
3: Sure. To me, it's not, but it's not, I'm not just, I'm not applying it universally. I'm applying it to this team. I do not think it would have been a bad signing for the Jets. I think where you are there, you're just stuck in no man's land and you're remaining there forever. What about for
2: the uh, the Chiefs now over the next couple of days? Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is reporting that the Chiefs are maybe trying to re-sign Juju before free agency begins. And that is because he's hearing that the Chiefs pretty much accepting that they're not going to be able to retain McColl Hardman. And we saw the, the projection from Track that came out. Four years, $40 million. Well, somebody can pay him that. Right for McCall Hardman. Go get your money, man just not you're not getting that money in Kansas City and that sounds like that's kind of the path that the Chiefs are likely headed here which is the correct decision you can't pay McColl if you're Kansas City for it for 40 no chance you got plenty of use out of the rookie contract from him there were disappointing moments there were some highs in there as well unfortunately he got hurt this year but if somebody else looks at McColl Hartman in a weak wide receiver class and is willing to give him a four year deal even if only two or three are guaranteed and 40 mil yeah you're going to have to say thank you so much man Best of luck wherever you end up, and, and hopefully you can go and, and, and earn that money somewhere else. But I, I have no interest in bringing him anywhere near that kind
3: of money. You know why they haven't – you know why they're trying to sign him before free agency? Because they don't want him to find out his worth if he talks to a bunch of different teams. Signing Juju Smith-Schuster now is the best possible solution because, again – and Juju Smith-Schuster's agent knows this – So if you're willing to take a little bit of a discount, that's why they're opening up these conversations now. Four for 40 for McColl, how low would that number have to go before? If I said, like, let's say the same average annual. One for 10 are you in? Two for 20? Three for 30? Like, at what point would you agree, knowing that the last year of the deal is never going to be? I might do two for 20, but even that feels high for him. The only thing I would guarantee, if you're the Chiefs
2: on the Chiefs, end, would be like a one-year deal with a bunch of incentives. I just wouldn't be interested in a multi-year deal for McColl Harbin. Plain, by plain and simple, I just I'm kind of done with that. I feel like Tony and Sky more to me offer a similar skill set, can accomplish uh, some of those same things. We saw it in limited sample size, but we did see the idea behind it. I think they have that type of wide receiver already, maybe two of them. And so I don't need a third, certainly on multiple years. And so that's why it's just guys who go to free agency all the time that can get more money elsewhere, that not that they, they weren't impactful for you at times, but. Go get your money, McCall Hartman. Coming off an injury, too, if someone wants to pay him that kind of money, I mean, that is an
3: incredible opportunity. You can't pass that up. But that was the same thing he was essentially saying on Twitter. Is people were like, uh, one-year, team-friendly, prove-it deal for $6 million. And essentially, he was responding to people like, you think that that's all they're going to offer me? Like, I got, look, I got an agent, and I can tell you that I'm getting more than that. And he's right. He probably will get a deal similar to that. And two years will be for real, and the other two years will be paper ones where – If you perform, they'll keep paying you. And if you don't, they'll walk on you after two years. But Juju Smith-Schuster, the part about him that makes him interesting is it's going to tell you, it's going to signal to you what their plan is over the next couple of years. Because it'll tell you how much faith they have in Sky Moore. It'll tell you how much faith they have in Tony. It'll tell you their long-term plan for MVS and what they're going to do in the draft because the amount of money and years they offer Juju Smith-Schuster or sign Juju Smith-Schuster to is going to tell you everything you want to know about which way they're leaning in all of these areas. And to me, I wouldn't trust Sky. I wouldn't trust Tony. And I don't think I'm sticking around with MVS longer than one more year after this one based on where the cap numbers are hitting. So I don't have any long-term answers at wide receiver as far as I'm concerned. So if I give Juju a bunch of money, that's telling me Juju and draft a guy. And I got to start reworking my plan for wide receiver in the future because you can't put any eggs in a basket for any of those other three guys right now. It doesn't mean it can't turn into it, but you can't plan on it right now.
2: Do you really think that the draft plan changes at all? I mean, for me, if if Juju's back, I think they should use one of their first two or three picks on a wide receiver. If Juju's not back, I think they should use one of their first two picks on a wide receiver. Like, I, I, I think that, to your point, I think drafting a wide receiver with one of my first couple picks is absolutely in, in in play no matter what I do. If yeah, Juju, Juju doesn't
3: sign back, then you have then, to
2: make it a much higher priority. Then that's fair. That's probably true. I, I would be on the same page with you with that. I just don't think Juju coming back on a three-year deal, on a one-year deal, or not coming back at all doesn't change my feeling
3: on the need no. to go draft a wide receiver either way. I think the answer is yes, either way. But the number of years on that deal to me signifies everything else in there. right? It signifies everything else about your future plans for Tony, MVS, and Sky Moore. And I understand that they got plenty of years left on their deal. They do, but it's, you've already pointed out with the health of him, with the health of Tony. Yeah. You can't just be banking on the fact he's going to be available. And Sky Moore's a 250 yard wide receiver. I'm not saying he can't turn into something else, but that's what he is right now. Like they have no, to me, they have no sure thing at wide receiver other than, you know, they don't sign juju unless you're counting the sure thing of MVS is being like, I'm pretty sure I can get 700 yards. Like, that's not, you know, like, that's it. That's what you can be pretty sure of with MVS. Like, with Juju, I don't know that there's way more growth, but he is, most likely, if a healthy 17-game wide receiver, a guy who will go out there, get 70 catches, get 1,000 yards, and that coupled with Travis Kelsey and anybody else you might draft and work in and take your chances. Like to me, that's still a functioning offense. That's why Juju holds so much value for them. I don't blame them for trying to sign him before free agency hits. You know, he fits your offense and on the flip side, he knows he fits
2: this offense. He knows where where he actually fits in. And I think that cannot be uh, overstated. Uh, in this conversation at all coming up next though there's nobody that had a better weekend than one gm and one franchise we'll tell you who it is and why next
0: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All
2: right, hanging out here on a Monday. It's Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz with you. Of course, Nick's notable notes coming up in about 12 minutes or so. We'll see if he brings up what happened on, on Saturday or not. If not, we will later. It's your choice. You can bring up what happened on Saturday or we will. Why are you saying it like that? Well, I don't know if you're Very bring, threatening. I don't know if you're going to bring it up. That's I'm, I'm going to let you have an opportunity for you to address it yourself first. If not, I'm guessing Cody hey, or I way, will bring you it should up. Threaten by the way, HR.
1: I volunteered this information to you guys. Mm. To us. But not necessarily to the audience yet. It, it, we're, uh, we're exactly book, but, my point. But we're an open book on this show. But We've you don't this. get to decide what I'm an open book on. <laughs> I think we, we we do because it it was at an event where all of us were at. Okay, and it happened there. But you guys didn't know what happened until I told you, and I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> if you bring this information oh. on the air, uh-huh. you will live to regret it. I don't know. You well, will you regret a, this. Cody, moment. what are you thinking? What are you
2: thinking? Because is that a threat?
1: Uh, I yes, th- it is a threat. You know I'm a vengeful person. A okay. to you? you guys what? do this. If you guys do this, I will do everything in my power oh. to humiliate you past the point of comfort, past the point of that was funny on air, to the point where you I actually think... want to come and throttle me during the commercial break. Huh. Your thing might be embarrassing too, though. So we'll see. We'll see, man. I'm 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 willing to say it is embarrassing, which is why I don't want you to bring it up again. You better not bring it up. You better not bring it up.
2: I will promise you you. I will not Hmm. bring it up at least for another half hour because you're going to have a chance during your notes to bring it up. And we'll let you. I think you're right. You deserve the opportunity first to address it. And we'll just see if you do. And if not. We might have to address it ourselves. I'm not
1: going to... Uh, spoiler! <laughs> I'm not going to address it, okay. and you better not either. Okay. We'll you see. will regret it, We'll Gold. see how it goes, Gold? man. I'm <laughs> warning you, man. We'll I'm see. warning you.
2: Somebody, though, that did have a, a really good weekend, though, because I, clearly you guys can tell it wasn't great for Nick based off of how he won't even talk about it, uh, is the general manager for the Chicago Bears and the Bears organization. They have the number one overall pick. Their GM is Ryan Poles, of course, with the Chiefs organization prior. And there is now more uncertainty with the number one overall pick in terms of how many options could be number one overall than I can remember, at least at this point. And a lot of it has to do with how Anthony Richardson continues to perform at the Combine. He broke multiple Combine records over the weekend. The 40, single highest relative athletic score for his position ever. Yeah, 40 and a half inch vertical jump, 10 foot nine broad jump. He also ran, you know, no big deal. Four, four, three, 40. No, you know, just yeah, just standard stuff there for Anthony Richardson. This is an unbelievable spot to be in. If you're the Bears, you have to be loving this. Richardson's climbing up a perception that's out there in the noise. We already know that Bryce Young has been there. He Bryce Young weighed, weighed more than everybody thought he was going to weigh. Cody, weighed 204. Oh, boy.
3: Although he was short. Yeah, 5'10". 204, though. I like that Alabama spent years listing him as six foot tall. Well, that stuff happens all the time, though.
1: He's 5'10". So got Bryce an Young, CJ, How, much, how Stroud, much ice cream... Uh, did and an and Alfredo sauce did Bryce Young eat the night before the weigh-in? <laughs> That's to the funny thing
2: about pounds. how silly the weight stuff, like, you know, two-pound difference is, is because, to your point, he clearly accomplished the task to yeah, get to 204 yeah. for this. But in season, you're also sweating hey, off By the weight. way, what do you think he weighs right this second? Yeah, not 204. <laughs> like, like, and, and, and once you're in the season and you're sweating and you've gone through a training camp, he's dipping back below 200, right? Anyway, so he he weighed more than people thought, which was good news for him. Uh, C.J. Stroud continues to look amazing. If you're the Bears, you just are loving this, Cody, all kinds of options. And there's a report today from Peter King that the Bears are going to stick with Justin Fields is what he's saying. And if that's the case, you got all kinds of guys that want to trade up to number one, which is great
3: news for Ryan Poles and the Bears. Someone is going to talk themselves into going up to one for Anthony Richardson. Like because of his freakish athletic ability, someone's like, yep, I'm going to make that a great quarterback. I'm going to figure out the rest of this stuff, and I'm going to take the guy who can jump over a house and run faster than, had you a know, faster 40 time than Chris Olave last year. So it's like, okay, so a guy who can run as fast as a wide receiver who is also giant and can jump and can throw the ball like 80 yards in the year. Yeah, I'll probably figure that out. And the teams, like, let's, let's think about the teams who could realistically trade up, who would be interested in a quarterback with the number one overall pick. Houston. Indianapolis. You could make an argument for Seattle, a team who will try to retain Geno Smith, but is also going to have to look for the long-term answer. Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, Tennessee, like all of these, the, the Jets, Jets, if they yeah. don't get Lamar Jackson, they're like seven teams to trade with. This should be the single greatest draft hall in NFL history. If you fall short of that, then you've probably screwed it up. If you're Chicago, because you have the greatest opportunity ever to get whatever the hell you want to do over the next couple of years. And whether you like Justin Fields or not, and they clearly do, you are 3-14. and 14, You stink. You stink. You don't have enough talent. Uh, even if he's keeping you in games, not enough
1: because you're losing him all the time. It sounds like you're trying to convince the Bears of this. I think they know. No. I, look, It's a lot of this is just. <laughs> you think the Bears think they, are, they rock? Well, they
3: do seemingly They're love Justin base. Fields more than I think they should considering uh, their well,
2: record.
1: He's a dynamic
2: player. Yeah, it's fun to watch. I just, my thing with the Bears has just been that the way their fan base talked the final month and half of the season, you would think that Justin Fields was playing at an MVP level and they're like set for the next year. Have you ever met
1: anybody from Chicago? Uh,
2: yeah, Michael, Michael Massey, multiple people,
1: yep. Not the most Mickey humble Lopez. bunch of
3: sports mm. fans. Hmm. I just think if you're, like you should be able to get the greatest draft hall ever, right? Wow,
1: I this, think they could
2: trade back twice. They should. Exactly, Nick. That, so I don't know if, what they'll get for the first pick overall, and they're going to get a huge haul. The Saints and the Ricky Williams trade will go down as still one of the great draft hauls for, for what the Saints had to give up in order to get Ricky Williams. But, yeah, if you're, if you're what Nick said, your first – let's say you trade down to four with the Colts. Why not trade down again at four? You can st- and get another second-round pick, let's say or swap first and get a third or whatever a little bit later on the draft. You were three-win team, as you said. You got all kinds of draft capital and cap space. Why not continue to add to that and give yourself some more options? You know, Brett Veach hit on 20 and 22 picks. That's not normal. So if I'm Ryan Poles, and this is my second draft with the Chicago Bears, I want to get as many, you know, many darts to throw at the board as possible. In order to do that, trade down a couple
3: times. You should be able to turn this one pick into, if you trade down twice, what, five or six? Five or six picks? For one pick all all
1: in the first three rounds? Let's imagine the Texans are sitting there at two. Like the Texans are trying, everybody's trying to move up. If you're one of those teams that needs a quarterback. So let's say you trade the second overall pick and then maybe it's next year's second, right? Or maybe it's this year's, whatever. Let's say you trade it for number two and number 33 overall. Then if the Panthers come calling and they want to move up from nine, will the Panthers to jump from nine to two? That's a pretty sizable jump. So you've got to give the ninth overall pick. And then maybe you've got to get a, a second. And then next year's third round, you can get such. It may not be, all be this year, but over the next two years, you can get a handful of very, very high value picks.
3: Yeah. So the, I was looking back at the swap, the swap for the Mitch Trubisky, when it went from three to two, they got obviously their first, they got picked. They stayed. They right. remained only one pick worse and received the bears. Third rounder that year, fourth rounder that year, and a third rounder the following year. But it depends. You can you can get more out of these teams that are going to have to jump more spots. Well, because you're,
1: threaten the people below. Because you're not just trying to move up a spot or two. You're trying to move up a spot or two, Ahead and of. you're trying to outbid the four other teams that are trying to do the same thing.
3: Because that's what made that trade so funny at the time was... Everyone knew San Francisco wasn't taking a quarterback. You weren't in competition with anyone else. You could have stayed exactly where you were, held on to those three picks and still had Mitch Trubisky. You made a gaffe in thinking, but this time, I mean, I think this time there are like, it's not even just the ones we're pretending. I think that there are a ton of actual candidates for this. Like I don't, and at least what, two or three of them are going to be actually trying to make the move up. Like, if you're Carolina, if you're like, I'm in mean, Indianapolis, you like all those teams are absolutely well, going for quarterback.
2: It'll be really fun to watch when the drafts here in Kansas City because let's say you're one of those teams because only one, one team can trade to one. So let's say you trade to one or you don't yeah. trade to one and I'm the Colts and somehow the Texans got to one and I'm stuck at four.
3: And maybe your guy I, didn't, didn't take your guy though. Well, maybe well, Anthony or, Richardson well, wasn't your guy. It was well, C.J.
2: Stroud. Or, or well, I'm saying like, or maybe it was your guy. So then you're like, well, all right, we think this other option. We know we got to get a quarterback, but he's not our guy. We think he's actually going to fall back. So all of a sudden, it's, there could be a scenario where the Colts were trying to trade up, and then they actually end up trading down out of four because they think there's Atlanta's key,
3: guy, is CJ Stroud,
2: or whoever. Yeah. Right. So that's what's going to be crazy and fun
3: uh, in Kansas City
1: at the end of April.
3: I think when it all settles out, I still think it's going quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. One, two, three.
1: Well, the, and the best part, yeah. the yeah. best part about all of this is, is if there's one lesson that I think we've learned, unless you are really ballsy, like in the case of. The Chiefs going up to get their guy in Mahomes, right? I'm sure the Texans were sitting there saying, We'll take either one, right? And I think history would tell you that's probably the safer way to handle the draft. Don't become enamored with one player. You're not that good at this. Like, just
3: don't. Like Mitch o- Trubisky. Just open up your don't possibilities Don't fall in love
1: with the guy because the chances are it's a 50 50 shot of if he actually makes it in this league. When you've got four quarterback prospects who are all going to go in the top 10. One of these teams is going to do the smart play and just say, we'll take whoever falls to us. But the rest of them are going to say, no, I got to get this right. And I know quarterbacks, this dude, whether it's Bryce Young, Will Levis, oh man, he killed it in the interview. We got to go get our guy. So you're going to end up overspending. That's why we're going to, sometime in the next month and a half, we're going to see a deal come across from Ian Rappaport. And we're going to say, what did they just give up to go draft Will Levis and one of these four quarterbacks by the way or two of these four quarterbacks are going to be absolute busts.
3: But the hard part is is like as an NFL team dude sitting in a meeting and being like don't trust your gut, just draft any quarterback is the most impossible conversation to have maybe ever cuz like I don't even remember what the Chiefs gave up for Mahomes anymore. Cuz if you get it right, no one cares. I haven't gone back through and been like, what did they give up to go up to? I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It means nothing. It could have turned out that they gave up 10 straight first-round picks, and I still yeah, wouldn't if care. If you get
1: it right, there is no haul too big. If you get it wrong. You're getting fired.
3: But you're getting fired, yeah. whether you take the guy at four and just sit around and wait and take C.J. Stroud or trade up and get your guy. So you might as well trust yeah, your football acumen. It sucks, but you yeah. might as well just trust your gut because you're getting fired either way. You sit around yeah. and wait till seven and take C.J. Stroud and the three guys ahead are all Hall of Famers like, Oops. Not to mention it also,
2: in all seriousness, it seemed like the compensation they gave up, not even in hindsight because Mahomes, because I agree with you, it didn't even seem like they gave up that much to begin with. Like the, the, the 2017 cost to move up was way different than what it is now, I think. In 2023, the Chiefs, of course, were at 27. They gave up, uh, they swapped and then they also gave up uh, a 2018 first rounder and then a 2017 third round pick. It didn't even like it wasn't that like. It I mean, giving up outrageous. a first rounder is
3: a huge deal. Like you right. have to give up a whole separate because the people yeah. were like, "Well, they gave up two first rounds." Like, not really. They swapped, but it's like they gave up an entire first round pick, like the next year and a third. But like, of course, we don't think it's of a lot now. If they had given that up for Jamarcus Russell, like you mentioned, it you know, They'd be like, "Oh my god, it's like not only do we mortgage ourselves, we just completely ruined it." Because the one benefit you're talking about, Nick, is if you're like the Cardinals, if you take a first-round pick, you take Josh Rosen, and you're like, this sucks, and you're bad again? Well, just as long as you didn't trade up to get Josh Rosen, guess what? The next year in the draft, you're picking top five again, you're like, sweet, let's take another crack. Not gonna, yeah. you know, like, I blew new, it.
2: They had a new head coach, too, and the same yeah. GM, but new head coach, which also helped the process along.
3: Yeah, a, a lot new of this coach that
2: they don't even have anymore that they fired this offseason. Sure. You know? But if the Chiefs yeah.
3: gotten it wrong with Mahomes and didn't give up a first round pick the next year, they could take a first round pick again. The problem is, if you're a good enough team, you don't have that choice. Like you you have to go up if you're going to actually get one of these guys, because all, like you've mentioned, all four of these guys are going to the top 10 anyway. We'll get back to the NFL
2: draft a, here in about 15 minutes or so. Also, Nick's noble notes just about six minutes away. Uh, we've had different Royals guests on throughout spring training already. Vern's been out there. Vern's hot stove show on Thursday nights. We had M.J. Melendez on the show last Friday, and then I continued to see more tweets from Vinny Pasquantino uh, out for Team Italy there in the World Baseball Classic. And he said uh, the latest tweet from Vinnie was that uh, Texas Roadhouse in Taiwan is just like Texas Roadhouse
1: in America. Wait, so, he
2: went all the way to Taiwan uh, and, uh, so and ate so Texas Roadhouse. That means they must have the rolls and the cinnamon butter. Well, and we know that, that we
1: know that this this group is a bunch of picky eaters. So they probably got over there and were like, "We need some American food. I need a big hunk of beef." I would say after being, curly in a, fries.
2: I could see after being in a country, another country for like, and they haven't even been there that long, but a couple days. At some point, that like that. Well, Nick wouldn't know this, but uh, that McDonald's hamburger has to taste way better after. They didn't you, go to a
1: McDonald's. I, no, but the point to your point about just
2: wanting American food. But
1: yeah, I would just I would Taiwanese eat that time. I would eat Texas Roadhouse. I have eaten Texas oh, Roadhouse. Right? I will do it again. Yeah, the butter. The, I've the, never the eaten a Texas Roadhouse. Uh-huh. The rolls and cinnamon I butter. Don't oh, even. Oh, oh. Don't even. The rolls, never Cody, been. The rolls,
2: Cody, and the oh, cinnamon dude, butter, the man. Oh, dude, the
1: cinnamon butter, bro. Come on. <sighs> so is this something I'm, <sighs> did you know I'm supposed know you to can, have
2: done? Did you know you can order the rolls frozen around Thanksgiving, Nick, and then you can have it for part of your Thanksgiving, and then you no. pop in the oven? Oh, yeah. No. Did it for the first time this year.
1: And? It's fantastic. Wow! Well, <laughs> oh. And they give you the cinnamon butter. And they're the, they're one of those places, Cody, where they just bring you a big old metal bucket of full peanuts, and you can just crack them and throw uh, the shells on the floor anymore.
2: What? That area, at least at the location that I go to, does not. That old area COVID doesn't. COVID probably, agree. you know.
3: Yeah. Are you
2: yeah. They used to have a, they used to have the waiting area when you're waiting for your table. And they would just have a huge bin of peanuts, and everybody would just keep throwing the shells on the
3: floor. That's that doesn't exist there anymore. That's a little gone. I, I tend to stick to that just at the, the ballpark, the you know peanut well, shell it. on the ground well, thing. I don't know how I feel about it in a restaurant setting. That's right. Last year at Kauffman Stadium, Cody and I. Uh, we, oh, man, we did get yelled at by that person. We were just
2: throwing the peanut shells on the ground, and that and was frowned upon in the area we were at. Now, we weren't indoors. We were craft still, to draft. Let's
3: not. Like, we were craft still, to draft. We were throwing peanuts on the ground, and somebody.
2: The floor was cement. To me, It's allowed. We're not
1: on carpets. i am I going to throw it yeah, on carpet? Yeah, I mean, that, we're not in Neanderthal. We're, we're in a suite, we, <laughs> we were, just we like, like cracking, cracking peanuts on the ground.
2: I bring up the Royals, not to talk about rolls and butter, even though I, we could keep talking food and, and things like that, uh, because it's early in spring still, but has your feeling on what is realistic, what's the season? Come on, they're 9-2 the and- yeah.
3: 92 in tra- in
2: spring training. What do you think? I mean, it's better than being 0 and 9 or 0 and 11. I I, I get that, but we've seen the Cactus League success not really correlate to regular season success plenty of times. It, again, it beats the alternative. I still think like looking at the win total, 69 and a half wins is where it's set. The floor is probably 61, 62 and the ceiling is probably like 74, 75. That's as high as I can go for the floor and it's as low or for the ceiling and, and that's as low as I'll go for the, the floor as well. Is your number way, way different
3: at the floor. I, I don't think they can be any worse than 63 or 64. Like I feel like there's enough talent on this roster that they're not, they're not a hundred loss team. Cause they had a lot of things go bad. They had a lot of veterans play really bad last year. Sure. They were an older team last year and they still managed not to be a hundred loss team. Right. Where you're just like, okay. So I think the floor is like 63. I would go a little higher. Like to me, ceiling is what if it all is right? And not every single player, not like everyone's their best version of themselves, but what if the pitching coach stuff actually matters and they improve their lot in life and they are a, the 19th best pitching team in baseball and no longer 30th, right? They are one of the mediocre pitching teams in major league baseball. And they have enough young talent where it's not crazy to be like. Hey, what if Vinny and Bobby Wood Jr. And Nick, like, what if all these guys got a little bit, or Nikki just returned closer to normal, not like his greatest year, but like a mid-level year versus the other one. I could see 76. Oof. Come on. You asked me best case yeah. scenario. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm yes. not willing yep. to go 500. I don't think that that's in the cards. I wouldn't predict a 76 win season, but if you're telling me what can the Royals be at their absolute best this year is in, a lot of a lot more things go right than wrong. I don't think 76 is out of the question. Aren't they too young to put too low of a ceiling on it? That's the thing where I stand there. They're just too young to put too low of a ceiling, Gold, where you're like, eh, the best they can be is 71 wins or 72 wins. What do you mean? They're too young to put too low of a ceiling. Because they don't know anything about them. Like, they're such a young team, I wouldn't want to put a super low ceiling 70, on what their possibilities are. I mean, what did are.
2: I say, 74? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They 76, 60, 77? games last year. Back in 2021, they, they won 74. I'll go back to that number as a ceiling.
3: I think a lot of it, as typically the case, is going to rely on where they are as a pitching staff. Because if they take a huge leap forward, 10 games is nothing. Nothing. They were a miserably bad bullpen last year. They did not have any high-quality starting pitching outside of Brady Singer. All the young guys they called up didn't succeed. It's like if they just take even a a, a small improvement in that area – I trust in the young bats. I trust in the young hitting development. I think they'll score some runs. My whole thing is, can they pitch even just a little bit? Because if we're not doing that, then I'm not even having
1: a conversation. Nick's notable notes. All right, guys. So you touched on uh, Anthony Richardson, who had a really impressive combine over the weekend. We're going to get to him, but I want to do a little exercise here, guys. With the combine officially in the books, I want to go through some of the standouts, the guys who made your eyes pop out of your heads and we'll go through what made them so impressive and i want you guys to tell me how interested the chiefs should be so we'll come up with the ranking system off the top of my head let's do like a one through five how about uh gum buckets so five gum buckets okay. means the chief should be super mm. interested one gum bucket means the Chiefs shouldn't be all that interested okay you guys following along? Yeah. All right, let's go first things first. Tight end Darnell Washington. You've heard me talk about him before. From Georgia, 6'7", 264. He's a big old boy. Ran a 4'6", four, 440, and a four sec, 4.08 second 20-yard shuttle. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, who cares? 20-yard shuttle. What's my frame of reference? Here's one. It was the third fastest thirty 20-yard yard shuttle of the entire draft. Yeah. Of every single com- participant who did it, six, seven, two sixty-four 264, Darnell Washington ran the third fastest of the combine. Talk about pass
2: catchers. Yes, it's a tight end, but also can he just be a pa- plain and simple pass catcher, help you even just in the receiving game more than anything else already? Yeah, I'd put it at a four. Four to five. You know, tight ends in general for this year's draft, and as deep as everybody says it is, I think it's an area the Chiefs absolutely could draft. You went their first pick, and I would not be upset one bit about it. Even with our back and forth about Kelsey's longevity, it still is a guy that could help you right away uh, and not only as a
3: replacement for Kelsey. So,
2: yeah, I'll go, I'll go four out of five there.
3: Two and a half uh, gum buckets out of five, uh, largely hmm. because of the pick it's going to take in order to acquire him. Again, I like the talent. It might be a second like round guy. He might be a day two guy, Cody. But I'm a little worried about where all these tight ends are going to end up, if there's going to be the run on them at the end of the first round, third, or the beginning or of the second. In the third round. Fine. Then,
1: then, a, then a solid three and a half. Okay, up next, another pass catcher, Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver out of Ohio State. He ran the fastest three-cone and 20-yard shuttle of the entire draft. Uh, last month at the NFL draft, Garrett Wilson, his former teammate at Ohio State, told Yahoo Sports that Jackson Smith and Jigba was actually the best receiver of the bunch between he, JSN, and Chris Olave. Two of those guys had great rookie years. What's your interest level in this guy? Five.
3: Just Ohio. a full
2: five, <laughs> huh? Ohio State. Full five gum buckets. Uh, Ohio State wide receivers. There's Gold pretty, loves him some Ohio, Ohio State, State some Buckeye wide. receivers. Last maybe. year, I was a big fan of Chris Olave coming out of college. He had a very nice rookie season. We know pretty Marvin Harrison Jr. is another one to watch here coming up as well. But, yeah, no five. I mean, it, the combine only enhances that, but I just think having him in this offense, now you're probably going to have to trade up to 15, 17, much like we talked about that 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 spot last year with a lot of you that, that 15
3: to 20 range you got to hope that it's i think it's four, four and a half out of five what's not to like he's he's like a little taller than the wide receivers they typically go after just as fast he can do a lot of different stuff and he's 21 he's like a kid and he's just super he's twitchy, twitchy. So young he's a
1: twitchy athlete he catches everything he only played 60 snaps last howl- year that's how big- twitchy nick out twitchy, super man. twitchy, very super very twitchy. greasy hips, very greasy, greasy hips. hips on this guy. All right, guys, up next, local product. I'm gonna do my best on his name. Okay. Adatamiwa Atabare of Northwestern. He's a KC Mo kid. Hmm. Weighed in at two eighty two. Now, is he a defensive tackle? Is he an edge rusher? You be the judge. He ran a four four nine forty. Guys, that's the fastest forty yard time for any player over two hundred and seventy five pounds. Since 2003, also at that weight, 37 and a half inch vertical, he did defensive tackle drills. He did edge rusher drills. He did linebacker drills. This is one of the most athletic defensive lineman we've ever seen at the NFL Combine. He is typically thought of as a day two guy.
2: I mean, I'm impressed by everything you said. I'll be honest. I have no idea who the hell he is. So I, I, I have no oh, you idea. You don't care about local football players? I okay. have no idea. Cody, Cody do you either. care about Cody Kansas City? Lo- Cody
3: was looking during- him since Cody. he was like, do you love Kansas Ford City? City? <laughs> Cody, <laughs>
2: Cody was looking really.
3: bet He's a four and a half out of five. Look at day two? That kind of athleticism? Yeah. The I'm Chiefs a- actually aren't afraid of defensive linemen who don't just fit like a role. That's why they use guys like Colin Saunders or Michael Daner. who are like, Hey, should you play defensive tackle or end or do we just kind of like move you around and figure it out? They're
1: fine with that. They've done that plenty of times with defensive linemen. Okay, guys, two more left for you. You mentioned him earlier, Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida, 6'4", 244. He had a 10-foot, 9-inch broad jump. That's That's the best in combine history for a quarterback. He had a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical. That's the highest in NFL combine history for a quarterback. He ran a four four three forty. only seven quarterbacks all time have run a sub 4 five forty. He's the first ever to do it at weighing in more than 230 pounds. So before you answer interest level, what would be your interest level in Anthony Richardson if the Chiefs can convince him to convert to tight end or wide receiver? Five out of five. Yeah. Six-four, 240?
3: Yeah. And think about all the fun, creative nonsense they can do from a ski perspective. You think he can't, like, he's the quarterback sneak guy, so we're good there. That's a 95% success rate. And he can throw it. But yeah. also, you know,
1: that's the other part. Like the actual <laughs> football aspect of things, he actually looked really good. I get it; yeah. it's a combine. There's no defenders, but he was slinging the thing around. That was, I mean, he could not have had a better weekend. Also, like simple.
3: when I look at his stats, I'm like, wait, you're this big of a physical freak. How are you not? How did you not dominate more in college? How are you not just like Vince Young? Well, because quarterbacking is like an
1: hard, and being athletic is <laughs> this is not quite it's, the game. But he is. I mean, simply put, the most athletic quarterback prospect in the history of the NFL. All right, guys, last one for you, only because I want to watch you squirm. Bajan Robinson, running back out of Texas. Negative four. He ran eight. Nope, there's no negative. It's one <laughs> through five. Uh, four, four, seven, 40, five, 11, 37-inch vertical. The numbers don't really pop off the page. It's more so the video watching him run, watching his footwork. Really impressive. Should the Chiefs maybe trade Clyde so you get rid of a first-round running back? And then you replenish that stockpile with another first-round running back. One out of five. Uh, they
2: can trade Clyde, but it has no bearing on drafting Bijan. It could though. So. It could. It would open up a spot. I'm good. Thank
1: you. So one out wh- five. what was your answer, Gold? I didn't catch that. Uh, no gum buckets. No. It's, no, not, it's a one out of five. Not, it's one exactly. out of five. Bud. One.
2: One for Kansas City. Okay, if so I'm, there is some I, interest <laughs> there. There is some interest. If I'm the Bills, it's five. <laughs>
1: From the Chiefs, it's one. You just want all of the Chiefs' biggest rivals to yeah, address running, running back with, in the first let, round.
2: Let them go ahead and do that. Let that let that be something they got to worry about down the road. He'll be great for a year, no doubt.
3: I, I'm sure for one year it'll be fun. Then there's a chance they can double down on their mistake and like give him a
1: contract extension. What, in what if four they years. what if they got him for two years right at uh-huh. the peak of his career and they then, she then they just traded him?
2: Traded him after his well, second the year. Reports are that the Titans are trying to trade Derrick Henry today. Oh,
1: so. how many gum buckets for the Chiefs?
2: Zero. No, dude,
1: <laughs> how many Zero. times do I have to explain <laughs> the rules to <laughs> you? One's the fewest amount. Nick has been by <laughs> the way,
2: Nick is way over his allotment on notes. He's filibustering at this point because you did not you did not bring up what you were supposed to bring up, which means oh, gotta break. At gonna some, break. some point today We're late. At some point today, we're gonna have to bring up what happened on Saturday night. We gave you an opportunity to address it. You didn't? So at some point today, Cody and I are gonna bring up what occurred on Saturday night. We were all hanging out. It has to be discussed. Coming up next though, we get to the eleven o'clock hour and something that we gotta just accept when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, and it's a perfectly good thing to accept. We'll tell you what it is next.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs.